Welcome everybody, this is Trevor Lee and this is episode 93 of the Running 44 at 60 podcast. Now on this episode we've got Jim Spencer back on the show. Now the last time Jim was on the show it was at the end of 2021 and he was talking about his epic North Coast Challenge during the winter months as well. We think he was the third person ever to do that. So today's on the show, he's going to talk about his adventure on the Southwest Extreme, which was 90 miles towards the end of May, and that was Land's End to Lizard Point and back again. And just before we do that, don't forget, if you like the show, please share it. Please comment on Facebook or LinkedIn or anything like that. And if you leave a review, that would be pretty amazing. And as a little reward for leaving a review, I've still got one or two books available to give to listeners. And this is my 12 business lessons from running an ultramarathon book. All you've got to do is leave a review, then take a screenshot of the review and send it to me at podcast at trevorleemedia.co.uk. That's podcast at trevorleemedia.co.uk. That's elderly for the lee bit. Don't forget to include your name and address and I'll send you a copy of the 12 business lessons from running an ultramarathon. Right, let's go over and uh, and meet Jim. We recorded this while we were setting up the Trillisic podcast. The Trillisic podcast? The Trillisic Park Run on Saturday, June the 25th. So we've got Jim Spencer back on the podcast, ladies and gentlemen. And well, we're going to talk about Jim's adventure on the Southwest Extreme. Uh, last time Jim was on, he was, he'd done the North Coast Challenge. We'll talk about the Southwest Extreme in a minute, Jim. But here we are. We're recording this on a beautiful seven o'clock Saturday morning, and we're doing park run setup down at Trillisic near Truro. Well, you are you are one of the run directors here, aren't you? Now I am. I'm also uh, I share the event director role with. Uh, oh, that's what I mean. You, yeah, one of the yeah. event directors. Yeah. You know, what's your view of park run, Jim? I think it's absolutely. It's. I wish I'd thought of it. Park run is such a good thing that GPs prescribe <laughs> it, don't they? Little <laughs> Yeah, GPs prescribe parkrun for your overall um, well, social men- prescribing, and, I think that's what they call it. Mental and physical health. It, it's yeah. great. I, I try to encourage people to come all the time. Oh, anybody right, fine, anybody that runs should turn up a, a parkrun close to them because it's just such a great community as well, isn't it? Yeah, it is, yeah. Because we always, we, we do this, we do the setup, we have a laugh. We have a bit of a run around, social run. You can run as fast as you want. You can walk. You can run as slow as you want. No, and then, I'm... and then we get coffee and cake afterwards. And it's so accessible to me. That's the thing because loads of sports these days, you have to have loads of kit. You have to sign up. You have to be a member. You have to put your name on a team sheet. You have to have your lots of specialist kit. You know, so park run. Well, you don't need any of that. You know, everybody listening to this, I'm sure, will know about park run anyway. But it's just well, it a is, great thing. It's a tenuous link for you, Trevor. Uh, you interviewed Tracy Waite the other week. Tracy Waite organises the swap box. So even if you haven't got any running kit, you could go and see Tracy and get some. Well, that's a good point as well. And she'd be delighted to see you. Uh, do we need one of those? I, while you open the gate, shall I get, take that other little arrow and put it somewhere? If you ever come to Cornwall, you need to come and come and do this one because it is a great park run. I mean, there's some superb park runs in Cornwall. This is one of the great ones. It's uh, all off-road and it's an out-and-back course. And, well, Jim, there's a famous little field in the middle, isn't there? Yeah, we like that field, don't we? It's, um, it's got a bit of an incline. Should that be the other way around, mate? No, because it stops people coming in. 
in the garden with the dog and we put one down there oh, do we? stops them coming out that way. Oh, okay. They won't be coming that way with the dog though, will they? <laughs> they That's a good they point. They won't have been allowed to come <laughs> that way, will they? God, this is like, this is like Lauren and Hardy setting yeah. up bloody park run. Just give us a piano. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, Jim, moving on. Um, so a couple of weeks ago, or whenever it was, two or three weeks ago, you tackled the inaugural Mud Crew Southwest Traverse. Now, for the listeners of this podcast, they will know it all came about because in 2021, I ran the Classic Quarter, which is Lizard Point to Land's End. And the extreme, well, it was Land's End to Lizard Point and back again, just for the hell of it. So, mind you, Jim, you know, after the 150-odd <laughs> miles you did on the North Coast Challenge, the 90 miles of the Southwest Extreme must have been a walk in the park, I imagine. It was, um, well, there's a, there's a bit of a story behind it because... Um, the only social media I do apart from Strava is Instagram and I saw that Mud Crew put on Instagram they're, they're proud to welcome GB ultra runner Paul Maskell to the Southwest Traverse Extreme oh right okay so is he a top runner is he is a G- GB ultra runner wow. yeah, um, I've only met him once before that day right but um, so, I, so I've commented oh I'm not going to win now then and Paul, <laughs> Paul Muscle started following me on Instagram. <laughs> Who is this Jim Spencer? Yeah, yeah that's, that's how it felt. You know, this, this 55-year-old bloke, is he going to be any competition to, uh, to me? <laughs> and as it, as it turns out, we, um, a group of four of us started off together. So it was myself, Paul... Stuart Thompson, who eventually finished second. And has been on this podcast a couple of times, Stuart. And uh, another all-round type top guy. And my mate Rob, standing. So we all ran off together. So, so thought, just, just to put this into context, what time of day and, and day of the weekend is this when you say you, you ran off? Because you started from Land's End, yeah? Uh, it was a 5pm start. Yeah, and I thought, this is going to look good on the tracker. So I, I was edging in front. <laughs> Actually, actually, in front of the whole race. In front of the whole race. My goodness, man! And right. um, yeah, there was a bit of Paul was coming alongside me, and we were chatting, and, and, he's, it, and he's sort of going, "Who are you then?" Uh, yeah, yeah, pretty much. And I, I did say to him, at "I'm one supposed point, to be in the lead, not you." I did say to him, "I said, Paul, I'm no, I'm no threat to you, to you, mate. This is going to take me about 24 hours. You know, that was my target, right. 20, 24 okay. hours. Um, so, I got to." It was like every mile I thought, oh, I'm still in front, I'm still in front. If only I could get to, if only I could get, get to Minak. I get to the 90th mile and I'm still in front. <laughs> if I could just get to Minak, I'd be happy. And it turns out I got all the way to Lamorna and I said, uh, I said, Paul, I've paced you long enough now, you'd better go. <laughs> so how, how, remind me, because this is backwards from um, when I did it. Yeah, so. yeah, of course, it's just over 10 miles. Okay. And um, so off he went, took Stuart with him. And then myself and Rob kind of settled down <coughs> into our into our pace, ran up to the top of Marazion where Claire and Katie were in the in the van, um, and then we ran into Penzance Aid Station, and they were like, "Wow, you two are doing really well." <laughs> <laughs> Paul and Stuart have only just gone, and, and um, this was kind of the theme until we got to. I could see Rob was dipping a little bit is it didn't really want to i don't think he really wanted to do the, the run to start with he's had a few um injury problems this year right so um 
it was, we got to Porth Leven aid station 30 miles in and we sat down Rob had a, a cup of coffee I think and people started to come through so we were then sort of sixth okay which, so this is um, a third of the way in yeah, yeah yeah and then and then we got up and and so, said so when you got to Porth Leven what, what that was the middle of the night was it or something or uh yeah it was it was certainly dark we Rob and I ran into Church Cove Ferg, Ferg was there and Wood Cruise Andy Ferguson was there and he's like oh you two are still doing really well do you want some crisps do you want this do you want that and I'm like wait I just want to go I got to the Lizard in quite good time actually under it was certainly under 11 hours and they said oh Jim your um your tracker's not working which I'd already knew because Kate had told me right so I had to wait I had to wait for Jane Stevens to come and give me a new tracker oh. which, which wasn't a problem but all the time I'm waiting, people are coming in and out. Um, so one, losing position. One guy had gone through some gorse bushes and his, his legs were just ripped to shreds. <laughs> He'd gone off track a little bit. But it was, again, it was a good, a good aid station. They had hot running water. What they didn't have was beans on toast. That's all I wanted. Beans on toast? Yeah, it really does for me on an ultra run like that. <laughs> Did your, crew, did your crew not have a little camper stove and a, and a portable toaster yeah. to sort that out for uh, you? Well, they didn't what sort of crew are you? How you did you hire? <laughs> I don't like to... Um, I like to grab and go. Okay. You know, but when, when I ran the art this year, Rob got to Port Leven just before me, ordered me beans on toast, one slice of bread with a few beans on it, or one slice of toast with a few beans on it. I'm happy. That's it. Eat, eat and go. Um, six, seven minutes in an aid station and I'm gone. Right. As I was going into the Lizard, Clive Finnimore and a guy called Joe Brown were coming out and I said, oh guys, I'll see you in a minute. So I could tell I was still in sixth position. Right, okay, that's good then. And um, as I say, people were coming in and out and I'm there at the Lizard and then I got going again and it was all good. I saw... So was it, when you left the Lizard, was it, was it still in the middle of the night? Or? Yeah, yeah, it's still yeah. dark, yeah. 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 So... Um, so off, off I went, quite happy, and I, um, I was in sixth. Um, saw Kate at Church Cove. Did you I, have some beans on toast ready no, for you there? No, but I did no. have to, I did have something to eat, <laughs> uh, and it just it just really perks you up, doesn't it? When you get when you get a little bit of a nice something different to what's in your water bottles. Yeah, and, and, and seeing a friendly face is yeah, cheering you on, no yeah. doubt. And, yeah, giving you some good motivational chat. Yeah, <laughs> and then I'm and then I'm back into Marazion, and all the time the the a lady called Emma Nichols, who was first female, was um, was was catching up with me, and I popped into a shop at Marazion, which Ferg said we could do, so I grabbed an ice pole, okay. and um, Emma Nichols came running by. Thought, so you had oh, a nice pole. What, what, this was, uh, this was uh, Saturday, early, Saturday, early morning. It, I can't remember what day it started now, but yeah, it was early morning. It was, it was probably Sunday by now for you, because yeah. that's, <laughs> that's when the relays and the, and the signal yeah. legs started. Yeah, that's right. And that was good as well, because there was only 27 people start the extreme. Right. So when you get the, the runners in the morning, you, you see more people, which is really good. Morning. But you know what that's like running from the top of Marazion to the top of Mausel. It's just draining, isn't it? Yeah, it's on the road, it's on the pavement, uh, you know, it's, it's or pavement and road. Yeah, and I can imagine that when you've already got, what, 70 miles in your legs by then or yeah, something like that, yeah. maybe more. 
Yeah. I was still on for a sub twenty four at this point. If Great. only if only I could repeat my repeat my performance from a week yeah. earlier when I did the um the classic quarter relay. Yeah. Because I ran that leg Lamorna to Land's End. That's right. Uh, all I had to do was repeat that. Now, <laughs> under two hours. When you say you were <laughs> under twenty four, now Jim, I know you're a meticulous planner with your timings of these things. So did you did you have a little spreadsheet in your pocket or in your head saying, right, in, I've, got to, be head. At, I've yeah. got to be at this point at the, you know, a mousel at a certain time to be under 24 hours? Yeah, that's right, Trevor. I don't listen to music. I don't do any of that. I just I just run. And my head is generally full of calculations and and dreams of everyone in front of me DNFing. <laughs> <laughs> You're back in the lead. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, this, this is what goes on in my ultra running mind. <laughs> um, so yeah, I got. I, I thought oh, I want to get on the coast path. That's where I'm happiest. I'm going to be great. No, I wasn't. I, I got back on the coast path, ran into the morning. Um, I was overtaking some of the relay runners. Wow, so well, that's a good feeling, been, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, you know, it was. Just yeah. going past one or two people with yeah. all that miles in your leg. Did they realise? Did they realise what you were doing? Was it obvious? Did they, or did, or did they think you were just another relay runner? No, no. Generally, generally, people do know that because um, your, your numbers are different colour. Or so just come down towards the stream on the Terrific Park Run. So we're what, what is it about? Well, not quite a mile, is it? So here's, a, here's someone warming up for the park run. Hi. Morning. Hi, so all right. The stream looks a bit dry today. Despite all that rain we had last yeah. night. Yeah, or oh, we need another little sign yep. here technically, don't we? I think, yeah. So we're now coming to a fork and we're going, we're going to go right and then over a little bridge. This is where our, um, our celebrity marshal likes to stand. That's right, yes, the famous Richard Moore. Who's now, Richard has also been a two-time podcaster, so you're joining a very special club, Jim, by <laughs> coming on the podcast for a second time. Richard oh. came on... Um, Initial, well, he's, he's talked about the London Marathon because he ran the first ever one in 1981. And then I think we did another one, and I can't remember which way around we did them, but he did one of the early ones where um, we were just talking about his running anyway. But yeah, he's, uh, he's just turned 80 as well, hasn't he? Yes, yeah, he's such, yeah. A, such a lovely guy. Top guy. Top actor in his day, as he reminds us often with it, when he breaks into his acting mode. <laughs> it's, it's brilliant, but if you Google him, he's been in, on everything that's ever been on British TV. He has, yeah, he's, he, 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 he's done everything. Now, some people put a uh, sign there, but... Yeah, well, we're not going to we, do that. We're, we're rogue. No, yeah, that's right, yeah. Okay. Yeah, so with, with eight miles to go, a runner called Jeremy Warren and, and somebody else overtook me, so um, I'm now in... Seventh position. Just put that cone on that route. And did you did you know that they were in the extreme because you recognised them or because of the number or because you uh, clearly got these relay runners and a few of those. Yeah, yeah. Past so you, obviously. I, was, I was talking to them and then I looked at their number and I thought, oh god, they're in my race. <laughs> <laughs> well, they overtook me and I I couldn't. I had I had nothing to give. You know, I was worn out at this stage. Sure. So um, I, I'm then in in seventh out of 27 starters which was okay but then with two miles to go I looked behind me and I could see our friend Colin Bathe and Emma Nichols I can't remember what order they were in but they were 
they were behind me and I thought they're going to catch me if I'm not careful. <laughs> <laughs> Colin is just relentless. He's been on the show. He, he is, he's, a he's a metronome. He's yeah, just, he is. Yeah, he's just relentless when he runs. That's my impression of Colin. He just is absolutely so focused and he just keeps churning out mile after mile without probably feeling, I mean, any drop in, in anything at all, really. Yeah. Yeah, so did they? Oh, they were catching you up then. Yeah, but it gave again that gave me a bit of a come on, Jim, sort sort your life out. So <laughs> only two miles of ninety to go. Yeah, so I had a really good last two miles. Great, <laughs> and Great. I, I finished in a time of twenty-five hours and fifteen minutes. Right, so you got back there Sunday evening as well then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I think even to finish it is. Well, because you know, it was a very hot day, wasn't it? It was, yeah. yeah. And I don't do well in the heat. So <laughs> how did you cope with that heat during the day? Well, I've just got to tell you, a really strange thing happened coming into Porth Curnow. I'd just taken a swig out of my, my bottle. And you know, you, your bottles, they get warm and it's just, you know, it, it, you get you had the same taste all night, your tailwind or whatever it is you're drinking. And I, I said to myself, I just want an ice pole. And um, Billy Deacon, another local runner, came up alongside me, and this guy came in. Big front shout out to Billy Deacon, big fan of the podcast, big listener. Um, big shout out to Billy, world famous pasty maker. And this guy appeared in front of us with a carrier bag and said, "Guys, do you want an ice pole?" Oh. And he got a, he got a dry bag out. <laughs> you weren't hallucinating at this point, then. Well, it's well, the thing. It's the, I'll come back to that, right? But Chris Chergwin uh, ran up with us as well. Chris was about to go the wrong way, and I said, "Chris is down there, mate." <laughs> so um, we need uh, to keep us on. Maybe on Yeah, we do. Yeah, we, we we've, we've forgotten what we're doing. <laughs> so um, let's do this one here, shall we? It was when I saw Billy Deacon had put on Instagram. I thought I thought I was hallucinating because somebody turned up with an ice pole, and then I found the wrapper in my in my hydration vest and I had, a, I had a drink off Kate and everyone was clapping and going yeah go on and it was like a full start because I stopped and said hang on I had another drink and I said right come on then and they all they all kind of cheered and I just Fantastic. I just like that and, you know 95% of the people there didn't know me but they're all shouting my name and yeah all, that's, and it's that's just the great thing great, about the yeah. camaraderie of the running community isn't it <laughs> And I always think, you know, that last, in any race you do, whether it's a half marathon, a 10K, 90 miles, the last kind of five minutes, really, when you know for certain you're going to finish, and you just think, wow, I've done it, I've done it. You know, I've just, yeah, as long as I don't collapse and die in the last five <laughs> minutes, I have done it. So you can, I always think, just enjoy that. I remember my first marathon in the Amsterdam Olympic Stadium. That's where it finished. Wow, and you came brilliant. in through the tunnel. And, and I was just so chuffed to, a, this was 2005, and I was just so, I just wanted it to keep going. I could have run that last bit around the stadium much quicker, I think. But there was crowds, I was waving to them all. I thought I was there on my own. <laughs> there were people in the stadium. It feel like that, it? was it? just it about, does, I didn't yeah. want that last yeah. 300 metres to finish. Yeah, so we're here at the uh, entrance to the famous Trilisic Field. So what we're doing now is we're just putting the, uh, the tape out. So we've got a two-way little system. We'll have a marshal here on this corner and this is where people new runners see the famous trilisic field for the first time and we and they go left-handed around it so clockwise around it so what have you got lined up jim what's what's next on you on your calendar um last weekend i ran a race called tsunami which was viewed... tsunami what's that then is that is that, so, is that like racing the racing the water you know the waves are coming in and you've got to get out no, of the way no it was a 
coastal path run from Bude to Westwood Ho and back again. Um, 75 miles. 75 miles? Yeah, 70, three yeah. what? So just a little one. <laughs> so what's that, three weeks after you did the extreme? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So and listeners, and I could, look away I now. Firm it in my legs. Look away now in terms of all those books that you read that say you need quite a big recovery between massive events. Uh, ignore what Jim's saying about 90 miles and then a couple of weeks later you do 75. The Classic Quarter was my first ultra. And that wasn't, how long ago was that? Uh, three years, 2019. Really? I think, yeah, I'm pretty sure it's Is that, Oh my goodness, I thought, I thought, well, I know you're not going to say 12 years ago or 20 years ago, but I didn't expect you to say three. Very good. Well, you know, this podcast is designed to help potential first-time ultra runners, you know, with tips and ideas and plans. So do you remember what you did in the build-up to that first ultra? Because in terms of training or did you practice eating on the run? You know, what, what's, do you remember any about any of that? Uh, yeah, eat, eating on the run is a very... Nutrition is I'm, great. Uh, And I mean when you were training. Yeah. Were you yeah. eating on the run when you were training just to get used to that? Yeah, you have to. You, they always say, never do anything on your race that's new. Yeah. So, you know, you wouldn't turn up with new shoes, you wouldn't turn up with new nutrition, um, etc. However, the tsunami last weekend, I changed all my nutrition to mountain fuel for the very first time. <laughs> <laughs> I ran in a relatively new pair of shoes. I did everything I shouldn't have done, but I, I enjoyed it. It was... Well, and I think, there's, I think there's one exception to that rule of, uh, also in the eating and drinking, and that is flat coke. Because I suspect very few people practice drinking flat coke in training. But I mean, I'll ask you two questions around this. One is when you first did that first ultra, what sort of distances were you doing in training? And how do they compare now when you're doing 100 mile runs? Um, yeah, well, for, the, for my first classic quarter, I think it was it was one of those years where I was racing every weekend. Okay. Doing all the MTRs. So you, use, you were GPs. using those races as, as a key part of your training. I didn't plan. have to train because I was racing so much. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, and actually, that's not a bad shout, you know, for some people because it's hard getting out training on your own. But if you're doing an event, you're kind of you're there yeah, with yeah, the crowds. Yeah. It's like having a training run with you know hundreds or thousands of other people. <laughs> so here we are. We're working our way back now. It's just nine minutes past eight. So. Parkrun is all set up to go, so but you're not actually the uh, run director today, are you? No, I was, but Andy pointed out that um, he hasn't got uh, time in his diary to do one, so we wanted to do this one just to uh, okay. like to share them off. Yeah, yeah. In fact, Andy Williams, I don't know whether he still listens to this podcast, but he's, he's been on it in some way, shape or form, I think half a dozen times. So I'm surprised he hasn't been uh, badgering me to come back on because it's a while since he was on. Maybe he hasn't done anything yeah, interesting. Uh, he's just got boring now, you know. So he did the Arc 50, of course, and I'm sure I did something for him on that back in January. Must have done. So yeah, the rest of the year, what have we got? Smugglers Scotland tomorrow. Uh, the plague. I'm doing a um, a challenge of my own in August. Um, I've, I've just got, got to work out ferry times, times and things for that. Or I might have to kayak. So that'll be a proper adventure. Okay. I've got two ultra... I've got the Cardiff Half Marathon. Great. Lovely race, that. 
two back-to-back -back ultras in October, but they're only 20, just under 28 miles. But I just thought, um, I got there, got there and support Davy Green first and last running, do a okay. couple of his races. And I like the idea of doing back-to-back -back ultras because I'm still the, still the back-to-back half-marathon leader for first and last running. <laughs> last time I looked, yeah. Yeah, um, so aggregate time, aggregate times over the Saturday and Sunday. I was going to say, it's so do one on the Saturday, one on the Sunday. Right. Okay. And um, I've still got the aggregate wow. quickest time for those two. But it only takes, there's lots of people that are faster than me. It's just that they don't run these races. Well, that's, that's another great uh, example of where you can do a training run for an ultra and be in a race. Because, you know, one of the things I, a lot of people talk about, I certainly did it, was, you know, back-to-back -back runs of 18... 15 miles or something so two back-to-back -back half marathons anyway Jim it's been uh, great fun walking around with you on the park run as always so uh, <laughs> best of luck with all your adventures and um, no doubt we'll uh, we'll look forward to having you back on the back on the podcast at some point in the future well Jim's always good value as a guest so if you'd like to be a guest on this show if you've got a great running story to tell then do get in touch podcast at trevorleemedia.co.uk. A lot of the recordings are done on Zoom, but as you will have heard from me and Jim today, and also when, when Tracy Waite and I did a recording recently, uh, I'm now doing lots, trying to do more recordings on the run. Okay, <laughs> So Jim and I's recording was well over an hour, so there's quite a bit of editing involved, but that's great. You know, that's all good, as long as it produces great value and you like the content. And if you do like the content, then please share it, please leave a review. And, uh, you know, please comment on it on social media and tag me in. That would be absolutely amazing. So, yeah. So if you're doing anything really great in running or it's your first ultra run or you're planning to do an ultra run or you're helping people with an ultra run, whatever you think will be great value to this show, then please do get in touch and we'll organize a recording with you. And if you're a first time listener to the show, well, thank you for doing that. I hope you've enjoyed it. I hope you want to listen to more of the 80, 90, 90, 93 episodes that are now available. You can download those, whichever app you're listening to this on now, you can download and subscribe. And if you subscribe, if you hit the subscribe button, then you will be sent automatically in a new episode every time it comes out. And they're roughly every two weeks. There's no real set pattern with this. Um, but that's what we're going to plan to continue to do for the rest of 2022. So thanks for listening. See you next time.